and welcome to another episode of Season of the Witch with Rowan Oaken, the show where we spill some tea on the occult and read the leaves to filth. I'm your host, Rowan, and in this week's episode, we are talking all about Beltane. Now, just like many of my other episodes, this one is definitely not safe for work. It's probably not even safe for a home for a lot of you either. Have some headphones on. There is, um, there's a lot of birds and the bees here, both literally and figuratively in, in the like boning sense. You got me, you got me, you understood. Before we, um, before we even get into Beltane, what has been happening this week? Well, um, since we last spoke, the Cheese Witch Coven, um, has moved over. We've migrated over to Facebook. Um, and that, that has grown. And we had our very first Zoom chat, which was absolutely fantastically and gloriously wonderful. Yes, I butchered the English language there with three adverbs all rolled into one sentence. We spent some time just kind of getting to know each other a little bit, um, talking about what was, you know, uh, what we were all foraging around for. You know, we've been talking about Magnolia recently, people posting pictures of the Magnolia they've been collecting and... I want to say pickling, but I feel like that's the wrong word. Oh, I can't remember now. They're doing... We've been eating ginger. We... Ginger? We've been eating... See, that's the... We've been eating magnolia, and it tastes like ginger. I had no idea. Gagged and gooped on that one. We've also... We we opened the conversation about the fae. And and it seems like within the group, we... We all don't know much about the Fae at this point. We've read bits and pieces. None of us really work with the Fae. Some of us are kind of interested in the concept. So if there's anyone out there who is a Fae expert, come along, have a chat with us. We want to hear from you, please. Um, one thing I should say about the, uh, the Cheese Witch Coven as well is that, you know, it's free. There's no commitment. Hop along to the Facebook. You know, the Facebook is private, so you don't have to ask to join. It is twice a month, the, um, the, the, the lives. And don't feel that you have to contribute. You don't have a camera on if you don't want to. That's absolutely fine. You can treat this like an interactive podcast if you wanted to. A podcast where you can ask questions, you can give statements, share knowledge, or just gather knowledge, you know, do the washing up, walk the dog, grab grab some groceries, um, just, just pop along, you know, all, all witches, pagans, and occult curious people welcome. You know, you don't even have to be a witch to be in the Cheese Witch Coven. That's how fucking inclusive we are. <laughs> uh, well, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, pop a, I'll pop a little link in the, uh, in the show notes for it. Probably the easiest way to find it is just searching on Facebook. But there we go. Um, and I think not only, you know, I, I should really stress as well, you know, not only is it a, a really inclusive space, there's a lot of diversity as well. So that's nice as well. You know, we've got people from Celtic backgrounds, Druid backgrounds, traditional backgrounds, and, and many more. <laughs> Wait, I want to do that. I will do that again. Okay, right. There's um, those from Celtic backgrounds, Druid backgrounds, traditional backgrounds, and many more. I feel like that was the voice that was needed for that. <laughs> So it's just a very nice, like-minded, diverse community, which is really good. So bring on the diversity. That's what I love. Um, this week, we will be we'll be talking about um, about May time. May time. Beltane. <laughs> we'll be talking about Beltane. So what what are you getting up to at Beltane? So you get a chance to, to learn, listen, and discuss some of those different things that people are getting up to at this time of the year. So it's, it's a nice time to kind of carry on the conversation as well from the from the podcast. 
And the the community isn't just on the podcast either, on the podcast, on the lives, on the, the Sunday Cheese Witch Lives, uh, which are um, always on Sunday, 8.30pm, G- not GMT, British summertime now as well. Um, but people post things in the group, uh, things that they're doing, questions that they have. Um, also memes. I love the memes as well. There's a really good one with um, the witches from The Craft, but it was it was a t-shirt and it's spelled K-R-A-F-T as in the cheese brand. I just thought it was brilliant. It's hilarious. Really, really good. So go check out those memes over on the Cheese Witch Coven over on Facebook. Uh, what else has been happening. I've, um, it's kind of aligned with this point in the year where I've been setting intentions and I've been growing those intentions. My intentions have been kind of not sliding, not changing, adapting. Um, adapting and changing into something that I wasn't, um, fully aware that I was looking for, looking to do. You know, my big word this year was kind of about, um, getting to a certain pinnacle, a point, an apex, a, um, what's the word? What's my intention word? I kind of had zenith, zenith, because I, a nice celestial word. And, um, I've been getting more serious into some writing, which, um, I will be honest, it's affected, it's affected the show a little bit. It, you, you may have noticed those of you on Instagram haven't posted in a week. Um, I've really struggled to maintain the, the pace, um, within the kind of the the witchy social media work that I do, which, you know, I'm lucky that, you know, the none of this is 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 with a Patreon. You know, I don't have that level of commitment. I do this because I love it. It's a passion. It's a passion that I have. But there there are other passions in my life and I'm just hoping at this point that it doesn't have any greater impact. And I'm, I, I I should apologize for being a um a bit late with this podcast. Right. Well you don't want to hear any more about that. Any more apologies. No more apologies. <laughs> um, let's get a bit sexy. Oh, let's get our, uh, let's get our bell motherfucking tane on. Let's do it. Worryingly, and I, I'll get to that. Uh, Beltane is, um, it's one of the sabbats that my son loves the most. I think it is because he, well, he's allowed to collect any old shit from the forest and he, he gets to put it up in the house. He gets to decorate the house with, with like, leaves. Who wouldn't love that? Um, sometimes when, like, when he's just out in the forest and it's not Beltane, he will decorate trees and create tree houses and call it his special Beltane, which I love. I love it. I love it. I think it's great. So, um, so what? What is Beltane? Well, it's another one of our fire festivals. The um, the fire festivals being Samhain, Imbolc, Beltane, and Lunasar. They they and they've all got their like super chic Celtic names. Chef's kiss on that one. And these all sit on cross quarter days, um, which you know, those being solstices, solstices and equinoxes. So um, so Beltane is coming right in between Ostara, which we've just had, and Midsummer. Ostara being the equinox of equal day and night, and Midsummer being the longest day. So the you know, Midsummer, the solstice, that's not one of the fire festivals, I should say. So the, the, the solstices don't match up to fire festivals. Uh, I, so at Beltane, we are, we're just like a, a little bit in the middle. We're in a little bit in the middle. Now, Beltane was, it was one of those festivals where when I started reading about it, it revealed just, just how disgustingly pagan my upbringing was. I was like a hop, skip and a jump away 
from some kind of wicker man childhood. <laughs> I swear. I felt that that Beltane is one of the four fire, fest- fire, fest- fire festivals that has really, it's rooted itself quite deeply into English folklore, you know? And I'm, I'm thinking like Morris dancing, Maypoles, May Queens, and, and, and some other things. We'll get into those in a bit. We'll get into them. So let's let's jump into the history and folklore bit. The uh, the waters it's still cold, but come in and join me. It's cozy. Actually, I hate you know, I hate I hate open bodies of water. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm such an earth sign. Do not even ask me to get in the ocean. I'm not going to get in there with you. Good bye bye. So Beltane is very tied to the themes of growth, protection, abundance, fertility, love, the ever-growing light of the sun, and probably the most predominant of them all, sexuality. So much boning. It's <laughs> it's hard not to see that energy around though. You know, flowers are blooming, birds are, you know, out being a pain in the ass at 5am tweeting about sex. Bees are, bees are nesting. Bees are nesting in my house. Bees are nesting in my house, in the cavity of the wall. Terrifying. You know, I don't know if you've ever watched the, the Candyman, the film, the horror film. Bees terrified now for life, for life. Or my girl, don't want to, no spoilers, bees. <laughs> you know, it's everywhere though. You know, the idea of kind of boning, it's there. It's there. Things are happening. I, and I think the nicest element of Beltane though, is that it's, it's also a time to thrive. It's a time to grow. Like I was mentioning about my writing, those, you know, those intentions that you set at bulk, they are now flourishing. Well, you know, they should be, they should be kind of in full flow. Yeah, don't worry. Me neither. Like full flow. No, not, not quite there yet. In, um, in a lot of faiths and practices, there are different folkloric traditions that surround this time. You know, look to uh, look to Celtic and many pre-Christian faiths, and there was there was this big focus on the daylight being triumphant over the night. You know, we're talking like the Holly King and the Oak King in Celtic traditions. What's the Wiccan one? Horned God. I, I think I've got that in my notes somewhere. I'll come back to that. <laughs> Um, that, uh, that that was one that I never really knew was so pagan either. You know, the Oak King and the Holy King. Growing up, I used to I used to see the Oak King like on people's houses and in beer gardens all the time. The um the modern Beltane, as well spelled B E L T A N E, comes from the Celtic word that's written like Beltane in Irish Gaelic and Beltane in Scotch Gaelic, both meaning a bright fire. There is a supposition that it may have been a festival that was connected to the Celtic god Belanus or Belanus. <laughs> it can't be Belanus, can it? It can't be Belanus. <laughs> it's it's Belanus. It, for all of you now pronouncing it is Bellanus. It is not, it can't be Bellanus. I'm sorry. Uh, so I want to just say Bellanus for the, no, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that bad habit. Bellanus is quite closely related to the Roman Apollo god, the god of light. You know, they, they're, they're both kind of light gods. Bellanus, I can't, I can't even hear the name anymore, is often associated with the bull, the horse, the oak, and of course, the peen the penis, the bell end, which is, um, which is actually one of the names he went by. Bell, 
not not Bell End, Bell, B-E-L. You can um you can find this god, Bell, scattered across France, Italy, Spain, Wales, Scotland, and Ireland. Often called different things. I didn't write them down. There's loads of them. Now um I saw over on on the Insta that I have a new listener in uh, in New Hampshire. So they can confirm this one. If you're listening, confirm it to me. Um, apparently there is a site and it's got a really co- like a really cool name. I love this called Mystery Hill, which I totally love. And there is a, there is a complex there from early European explorers. And there, there is an inscription that translates to dedicated to Bell, which is super cool. Super cool. Witchy. Belle making it over the pond. I love it. I love to think that, uh, that it's, you know, there's just some like ancient graffiti there. That's cool, isn't it? But oh, like, oh, like whatever it is, like ancient graffiti, you know how like people, like guys always like to graffiti knobs onto stuff? Like what if this happened here on Mystery Hill dedicated to Bell, it's dedicated to penis. I love it. Maybe the associations. Maybe it's maybe it's an ancient penis joke. Of course. So um, if you are following a Wiccan path, that might be you listening out there. Then this is a time you might be thinking about the horned god, as I mentioned, getting ready to bone the uh, the lunar earth god. Uh, there we go. So not you've got the holly king, the oak king, horned god in this situation, and the lunar earth god. Right. I think this is all right. Oh, oh wait, North of Bone? Is that mega disrespectful to God's Bone? <laughs> or what do you call it? Like, mate. He's going to mate with her. That makes it sound like she's a dog. Um, make love. There we go. They're going to make love. You, which I think kind of grosses me out. I don't like that word either. Oh, you get it. You get it. They're going to do the sex with each other. They're going to they're gonna do the sex. So, um, so... When, when is this time? You may be thinking, when is this kind of middle equinoxy thingy? Well, many people celebrate it at the end of April at sundown into the 1st of May. And if you are a druid, and I know I have a growing druid listenership to the show, druid shout out, whoop whoop, um, then you might be you might be using the stars to calculate the sun positioned to 15 degrees relative to Taurus, or perhaps you don't give a fudge and your like 1st of May is just bang on. Let's just do it then. I think also in Druid and Celtic belief systems, don't don't call me it like don't like read me to filth on this one because you know I, this is not fact. You, um, there may also be the following of the hawthorn as well as kind of like when the first blooms of the hawthorn blossom come out. That might be one of the things as well for for Druids or Celtic. I don't know. Fact check yourself, Rowan. So, what were people getting up to on Beltane? Well, I've already given you a few clues. Bright fire. It's a fire festival. Yeah, you guessed it. Build a fire, specifically a need fire, which is one made from friction. Mm. The fires allegedly mimicking the sun. This would be another one of those times where you would like force your cattle to walk between two fires in order for it to be cleansed. Ops don't do this at home. But like that's another, that's an, I'm sure that happens. At some, is that, that's a sowing thing, isn't it? That's a sowing thing as well, I think. Sacrifices might be made to Bell to protect the cattle. And then all your household fires, they're extinguished and communal... Communal? It's a communal. Communal bonfires are set up, which I totally love. I think that's great. Come together. Unite. 
unite your fires together. People would also jump these bonfires because, well, I, I don't know, a purity thing, I guess. I, well, people didn't have TV back then. Uh, <laughs> um, these fires were supposed to be they're supposed to be like super magical as well not just like regular fires no 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 everything about them um, they have these healing and cleansing properties so they're flames not just the flames they're embers they're ashes they're smoke the best in all of these traditions in my opinion is the uh, the Scottish Calia Bealtaine which um, where everyone they, they would sit about cooking um oat cakes in the fires and the the oat cakes were then split by how many people were there uh so you would have to hope that you don't have too many people there but you know that's some hard maths or some hard fractions otherwise and then one piece is marked with charcoal from the fire and then they would like jumble it all up in, in like a bonnet with like a hat and you then or, or you 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 know you take a piece and if you get the one that is the charcoal piece, then you are the Kalia Beal team. Um, and this means that you, well, what they do is they grab you and they like, they try and throw you in the fire, which I think is like terrifying. They like pretend to throw you, they don't actually throw you in. And, and this is kind of supposed to signify like they've murdered you. You've been sacrificed. It's like a mock. This whole thing is just like a mock sacrifice. Then they they throw they throw shit at you. Not not feces like eggs. They throw things at you. <laughs> they throw like eggs, um, and they go about talking about you like you've died, like you were full on snuffed it, poppy clogs gone, not in the room, and that happens for days. Freaking nuts, right? Um, and like I said, this is all uh, allegedly about a mock sacrifice. So instead of like killing someone off in the village, which was happening in other parts of the UK at the time, they um, they just go around pretending they're dead, which is a lot nicer, which is a lot more tame. I like it. What do you think? I think that's nuts. Like, I, I weirdly, weirdly, really love it. Water. That's another one I talked about. Water, hating water, do not pop me in no holy wells. Holy wells are something that is, um, again, really sacred to the time. Why? I don't know. I kind of understood within bulk, but not this one. So I, I suppose purity and purification, that fits in there. Druids used to uh, collect the dew from the kind of the first dew of, of May Day morning on a hollowed out stone prior to sunrise. And apparently this good shit would, uh, it would give you health and happiness, which I'm all for. Rub that dew all over my body. I know I need a bit of health. Not happiness, I'm fine. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. The sun's out. I'm feeling great. Feeling wonderful. When I think of Beltane, I think of flowers. I now actually think of Ariaster's Midsummer, if I'm being completely honest, which is strange because I feel like Midsummer is more about Beltane the, in terms of the representations that they have. Like Midsummer, it's like spot with an O. And you know, the whole protagonist covered in flowers. It's very May Day. There's like prancing around, May flowers, May, May poles. Um, but flowers, they're a thing that come to mind when we think of, uh, of Beltane and Maytime. And that connects, um, it's believed to have kind of origins into the, the Roman festival of Flora, the Floralia, who was a, a goddess. Juno conceives, uh, um, so Juno conceives a child by a way of like this magical plant. I think the Flora gives her the magical plant. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think this has anything to do with Beltane origins. It's more of just kind of like a seasonal tie to kind of let you know, kind of be aware of. And I should add as well, Flora, 
Um, she's, I say she's a goddess, but she was a nymph originally, and she has a really grim backstory. And it kind of, when, when you maybe learn about it in somewhere like primary school, secondary school, you don't really get to know that kind of thing when you're learning Greek history. Um, so you've got um, Zephyrus, I think it was, Sapphirus, um, and they're like a god of of wind, a god of wind. They're the person that, they're like a, like a, like a, like a Zephyr, like they're the person that get the winds, aren't they, to Odysseus. And he pursues her and she, she doesn't want it. Um, I said, Odysseus, Aeneas, mate, I don't know. Uh, I didn't do well at classics. This is like the section of the, the podcast where I just like reveal how poor my, my knowledge is. Um, so in good old Roman fashion though, good old Roman history, good old Greek history fashion, what do you do if someone doesn't, is not interested in you? You, you don't give up and like move on. You either, you know, you turn yourself into like a swan and you get dirty with them or you, um, you know, persistently pursue them. Like, or like you, you first you normally try and change yourself into something and, and like trick them into it. Or you just rape them, apparently. That's what you do. And then you just become their bride. And like, this was celebrated, celebrated, you know? disgusting uh, and I find that really like really really crazy really really crazy I often find that really problematic with um a lot of people who follow a Greek pantheon pantheon yep um and don't really realize the background about some of the people that they are giving offerings and honoring to there's some really really disgustingly problematic Greek and Roman deities um and I find it really like strange that we have you know that then ingrained into a society where they're celebrating this person and this these people and giving offerings to them. That's kind of institutionalized, you know, this kind of like the, the element of like the subjugation of women has been something that has been happening for thousands and thousands of years and has been ingrained into like, you know, we, we look to though some of those societies and their, their religious aspects is maybe a little bit more um, leftish. and um, But actually, you know, not so much, not so much. Just because they had goddesses doesn't mean they were all women-loving. I think we need to, like, really make that quite clear as well. You know, women in the history of ancient Rome and ancient Greece, and, you know, actually, ancient Greece, women had more rights than ancient Romans. They, they, they progressively had less and less rights. Um, but even in ancient Greece, they still had less rights. There were a lot of festivals that they couldn't attend. And I think there's sometimes a bit of a misconception there, or, or not maybe a misconception, or maybe something it's just that people maybe haven't had a chance to explore. You know, even the gods, they, you know, they were the Bing Crosbys of the time. And, you know, what have we learned since 668, no, 68 BC or whatever, you know, very, very little as a society. We've still got miles to go. <laughs> so, um, you get it. This, uh, this time of the year has a big connection to, uh, to sex and to flowers and fauna. Young guys would go out into the forest to collect leaves and then hang leaves about the house. This was uh, this was also one of the the only times that you could mention uh, that you could mention. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I mentioned this earlier, Hawthorne. It's the only time that you could bring it into the house. Don't bring it into your house any other time of the year because you're going to piss off the fae. You're going to anger them. But you could bring Hawthorne and Hawthorne flowers into the house at Beltane. Don't know why. 
for some reason, you know, 365 days of the year, the Fae are going to, like, full-on stab a bitch if you bring a Hawthorne into your house. Mayday, they're cool with it. I don't know. Right, you let me know. I have no idea. Um, so, at this time of the year as well, the, the veil, just like Samhain, is it's just feeling super skinny. You know, she thin. She's been on diet, looking to get a beach body on, having a juice cleanse, which um, it means that the, the contact between the living and the dead is extra easy at this time. So you might be doing some element of divinatory works, whether that is tarot contacting the dead. But, but you know, allegedly, this is a particularly important time to work with the Fae. So offerings for the Fae, dot, 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 don't know how to work with the Fae, don't work with the Fae. Might do an episode on that at some point, TBC to be continued. So let's talk more about some traditions. We um, Next, we have bushes and poles. No, get your mind out of that gutter, you filthy rat. Well, actually, no, some of it is kind of filthy, actually. I told you this is a filthy episode, but maybe not so much the Maybushes. Maybushes. Let's talk Maybushes first. So in many parts of the European world, a bush was decorated in the home with ribbons, bows, and other things. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> nice things. And in some places, this was even like a neighbourly thing to do. So people would come out and decorate their bushes that, or, or like a bush and then you dance around it and I, I remember reading somewhere as well that this was um I think it was outlawed at one point I don't know at what point in history but it was out like you know and anything where people are dancing around and it's looking a bit pagan you're gonna outlaw it I was reading about that quite recently with um voodoo in New Orleans of people kind of having dances in insert place name in New Orleans and um, they may they kind of try to use kind of common law around disturbing the peace to uh, to prevent people from doing it so you know don't draw attention to yourself dancing around things that's apparently what upsets people when it comes to paganism next up let's let's jump into the maypole Let's jump on the maple. Um, I think midsummer dancing and frivolities. This, of course, it's totally a phallic symbol. It's totally a phallic symbol, which makes it all the creepier, all the more creepier when it's skipped around by young girls. Gross, 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 gross. Back, back to the floria, floralia, and all the flora, floralia, the, the flora, the flora stuff. You know, gross, gross histories there. So the, the maypole, it could be a, a tall tree that's stripped of its branches and then you've got ribbons attached to it, big, like big, long, thick ribbons. And you can then create these like really gorgeous, intricate patterns, which are then weaved around on it. And you know, this, this is a time as well for, for thinking of weaving, basket weaving uh, in terms of Beltane, um, which is, I just think that in itself, weaving, such a magical activity you know we're thinking of like weaving and um like like weaving intentions into things which i think is really nice so um the one you know thinking of weaving and the maypole the one that i remembered as a kid was the spider's web which is not weaving onto the pole but weaving out of the pole and i always thought it was just really brilliantly intricate and then, so this this process of, of dancing around the pole, it was seen as a way of inviting growth, fertility, and other stuff. You know, and I, I, I've read as well like, the popularity of the maypole that, that 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 spread to the US as well. So I think you guys have got that across the pond. Which um, you know, who doesn't love a good floral stick? But the one that didn't spread across the pond was uh, was the May Queen. You were freaked out by the concept of the May Queen, and for good reason. For good reason. Now, in the UK, 
you I feel like you don't see too many May Queens about these days. It kind of feels like it's it's died a bit of a death. And you know, let me know if in your local village, I feel like it's more likely going to be in a local village that you um, whether you still do May May Queens there. So I'm, I'm going to talk from experience on this one. Close the books. Close the books. So on May Day, we you know we had the the May Pole and people dancing about the pole. Um, we also had this courtship dance where um which was always really awkward and you got paired up with like another girl in your class. God forbid there weren't an equal number of genders and I have no idea what happened if there was. It never seemed to happen. There was also a queen. Oh, can I go back to the dance? Let's go back to the dance. Let's hop back. When you had to do the dance, you had to like hold your hand on top of the other person's hand. You were supposed to like place your hand on top of it. Like everyone would kind of like hover above it awkwardly. Um, So you did this little dance and then the, the queen she would come out with a king, her king. So I guess at this point, they're princesses and princes. They're not king and queen just yet. And I should also mention that the king and queen were chosen by the schools. Like, it was a vote. Kind of like a prom queen and king. Oh, maybe that's where where you got prom queen from, isn't it? So I reckon your tradition of prom queen in the US, um, or beyond, I don't know, I wonder whether it's just been kind of like translated for a, a less creepier audience. So we nominate this this queen and king, but then they're adorned with flowers, a gown, a cloak, and I think I think the May Queen she she used to wear white as well. So it was like a, it was like a bridal gown as well, and they're paraded. She she'd get paraded through around the school, and you'd have to do this really really gippy walk, like where you had to like. I wouldn't even know how to describe it. You, like, you make a step, but your other leg stays behind you and then it comes to meet your leg. I'm sure that that walking has got a name. It's weird. So she then comes up and she sits on a stage. Sometimes like it, we even had like a float at one point and like she got paraded around the village. But then, you know, at one point she's married off to the king and she gives a speech. What I should also... I, you know, I mentioned the primary school and um, for maybe my international audience to give you an understanding of the age here. This is a 12-year-old girl and boy. Insane. Bonkers. That's why it feels really gross and creepy, isn't it? So so you guys, you weren't interested in any of this batshit pre-teen wedding ceremony. So, you know, how picky of you, USA, and taking our tradition and just making it into a prom queen and king. Somebody find out the history of that. Or maybe if I remember, I'll have a little look into that because now I'm interested. Interested. Also, what was quite interesting is that my parents had six kids. That means they had to sit through that procession six times. WTF. <laughs> and my sister was May Queen as well. The whole thing's just kind of weird. It's just kind of weird and gross, really, isn't it? So let's um let's move away from that. Let's get into something else. Um maybe let's let's stick in something weird and ceremonial though. Okay. Another tradition that uh, around the time was Greenwood marriages. I need to get an additional source on that one. I where did it work? I can't remember where I read about this. The young couples would go into the woods. I think I might have heard this on another podcast, actually. And you would go amaying, which means just like boning in the woods. And you would em- emerge from the woods the next day. Amayed. And I've got a feeling... No, am I thinking Lupercalia? Yeah, no no connections there. They would emerge and, they, and you would get... Um, you would then have this like 
you'd get married off in this hand-fasting ceremony called a Greenwood marriage. You would jump the broom, have your hands fastened together, whatnot. And I... Now, I think this has come from another podcast somewhere. Source somewhere. Pinch salt with this one. Like, these marriages lasted 366 days, a year and one day. And when a year and one day was over, you could, like, have a do-over. You could renew it. Or you could just be like, fuck that. That was awful. Why did we do that? That was gross. Let's go. Interesting, huh? Another one that I never quite got my head around. And sorry to uh, to all of you out there who are a part of this. It was it was Morris dancing. It just looks comical. I won't lie. I can't decide whether it's the bells on the socks or the little sticks that they wave about. Uh, and this would often be paired with like some theatrical performance where some beast is slain and resurrected. You know, thinking about the time of the year of resurrection, things coming back up again. This wasn't. Uh, Growing up, this wasn't something that happened so much where I was brought up, but you you see it all the time near me in um, in Rochester. So I, I live in I live in Kent in the United Kingdom, and they have the Dickens Festival, which is which is as quaint as it sounds. A Dickens Festival, as in Charles Dickens. How quaint! It's gorgeous. Google it. It's cute. Um, so talking, let's talk. You're talking of Kent and Beltane as well. I I'm an absolute fool an absolute fool not to bring up Jack of the Green as well. You know, he um, he's this loud, raucous figure who, and he goes about just like being wasted. You sometimes see him, people at Dickin- Dickens Festival dressed up as him. Don't blame him. It's a good act to play, isn't it? I think I, I'm, I'm Jack of the Green most of the time. You know, you, you get to be this person, just get wasted, act wasted. Even if you're not wasted, or even if you are wasted, people forgive you because that's who you're supposed to be. Nice. You um you also sometimes see him um in signs in um in pubs. <gasps> Revelation. It's just hitting me now. What if that's not the Oak King? What if that's Jack of the Green? Or is the Oak King Jack of the Green? Are they the same person? I don't know. My knowledge is I feel like I've said my knowledge is scarce on things quite a lot this episode. I do apologize. There's clearly a limit to what I know. Um and for what I've researched as well. So let's um, let's finish off our kind of history segment and our folklore segment, just thinking about, um, what was the other one? Um, Volpurgis Nacht was another one. And the only reason why I know about this is because there is a, uh, there's a horror maze company up near Pendle Hill in the United Kingdom, Pendle Hill, Witch Trials, episode on that somewhere. Um, and they do a horror night kind of for uh, Volpurgis Nacht. And... This is this is a time where people in Germany and I may have read like it may be kind of Western Europe as well so maybe kind of the Netherlands I'm not hundred percent sure but like the name is super German isn't it um, and there was this night dedicated to warding off evil and particularly bad witches not just like particularly bad witches but bad witches I think because everyone hated witches at the time um, so people would have bonfires they would dance and had rituals for it and that's about my extent of knowledge on that one. Um, I think Volpurgia is Volpurgis, that they're a saint of something. I don't know. So what about today, Rowan? It's 2021. What am I getting up to now? Want to know? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. So first, let's just get our vibes in check. Good vibes only. Uh, Look around. Frivolity of the time. The excitement in the parks. Animals, children playing. The sun. It invites you out into the garden. The promise of warmer days are beckoning. Come here. Um, so use, use that time to uh, to work with the powers 
of fertility, prosperity, health, protection, purification, and growth. If you've uh, if you've been setting those intentions in bulk, now might be the time to think about what you need to do to to nurture them. In Ostara, you watered them, let them sprout. Now those intentions are blossoming. Do they need food to grow? How do you protect them? Make them prosper. You might be attuned to the uh, the sexier, more lustier elements of the season. Maybe you are working on some love magics, some self-love love magics, strengthening a crusty old relationship. Perhaps at the time at this time you are just uh, you're just observing. You're walking, dancing, picnicking. I like that. Pick mindful picnicking. There we go. No one talks about that in the craft, do they? Mindful picnicking. Let's do a bit more of that. So there's a few things I'm um, kind of thinking of um, uh, kind of Celtic reconstructivism. You um, you might be making a Roman cross. No, that does not mean pissing me off. That um, that is a, a double-sided cross with red ribbon. You might be bringing uh, new flowers in from the home. Kind of that's what I was explaining. Kind of what we do in our home. It's not kind of what we do. It is exactly what we do. Feasting as well. Oh, feasting. Yes, feasting. Absolute feasting. We had a bit of a feast, a little bit, bit of a Beltane feast last year. And I made a, uh, a honey, uh, lavender and lemon cake. Oh, oh, I will try and write a recipe for that at some point. Um, it was one of those, you know, one of those ones where you just like ancestors take the wheel with this and it just kind of like came from that really. And we had this little foraged party tea with a wild garlic pesto bruschetta and dandelion tea as well. And did some, did some like bread plating as well. Super, super easy, really easy. Like three, three pieces of bread plated together, cook it and eat it. Great. That was nice. I mean, if you, um, you um, people part, um, who may be following a, a druid path who might be working with the fae at this time as mentioned but might also be making some offerings of bread beer mead for for gods like uh, denu and uh, uh, belanos can't hear the name anymore i'm so sorry i might be contacting the dead as well hello mom what about some activities what else might you be doing if you're just kind of following a, an eclectic path uh, you might be you might be thinking about your defences of your home, sprucing up some protection spells, perhaps cleaning up the wards of your home, sprinkling some salt, or hanging an amulet above the door, charming something to hang above the door. I don't know. You may even just be you, you may even just be doing some of this in the mundane sense. You might be like fitting a security camera and checking the locks on your door. As uh, as this is a time where we are really looking at this spark of nature coming back to life. You might want to just spend some time in it. Go camping if it's warm enough. I know um, my uh, Colorado friends out there, um, I, I, uh, Cheyenne, uh, who uh, has uh, margaritas and midnight margs, snow at the moment, WTF. So you are not going camping. I'm very sure of that. But um, you may, may go walking, not barefoot, like you might at the moment be able to do in, uh, in merry old England. You could have a foraged picnic if things are alive around you. Do meditations if it's possible outside. Gather some items for your craft. Dip your toe in the water. Think about the theme of purification. Let something wash away from you. Try and try and walk without your phone, without looking at it. That's something that I'm trying to do at the moment, is, um, is, is leave the house and just... 
not look at my phone. I've got such an awful habit of just over multitasking. I can't cook without a podcast on. I, I, I don't clean without listening to an audiobook. I don't walk without reading a news article. And I've kind of almost forgotten to um, how to exist in the moment. And I think at this time of year, I want to invite some of that playfulness back into my life. You know, my son doesn't sit there and, and, and try and do a hundred things at the same time because he, or, you know, he doesn't have the sense of time. And uh, and then the sense of impermeance, 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 yet, you know, that um, something can finish or something's going to stop or that we're going to end. Life is impermeant. Um, you know, I always remember my mum saying uh, that, that, that there weren't enough hours in the day. And as a child, I would, I would be really confused by that. You know, I was like, oh, it feels like there are too many hours in the day. What are you talking about? And as, a, as, as an adult, I've kind of realised that actually you know, there's not enough hours to accomplish everything that you want to do. Um, and as a child, there would often only be that, like one goal, that one game, that one thing that I was doing before I moved on to the next one. And I want to invite some of that, not just focus, but like playfulness into my life. Carpe diem, I say. Seize the fish. <laughs> Jokes about that, it's not that bad. So um, one thing that I uh, I've seen before is the idea, and I like, I love this, I love this, is writing an intention on a bean, planting that. Totally love that for this time of year. Another is um, is making a mini maypole for an altar, and I've done that before, and I made this really shitty one out of um, doweling, and this kind of circular thing, and it might have been from like, I think it was from a CAD CAM project that I did with, with kids back when I was in, a teacher, and it looks really bad. Um, I'm not even gonna. Put, I'm not even gonna put that on an Instagram or a Facebook cover thing. You don't want to see it. I quite like the idea at the minute of going out and taking like a stick and stripping it down and like weaving some ribbon around it. I think that would look pretty neat. Another thing that you could do at this time of year as well. Mention that. Mention ones in our last episode. I mentioned this one. You might want to make a um pre-epic wand, uh, which is like a, is a, a pine cone tipped wand. Perhaps you want to make a floral crown. Perhaps you want to make a floral crown. That's what I was going to say. Channel your inner May Queen. Another thing that I'm, um, I'm hoping to do at this time of the year, this year, fingers crossed, is, uh, is make May wine. Although I don't think it's going to be ready in time for Beltane because um, you know, I bought some Woodruff back in uh, February, February time. Um, and that, that's kind of one of the main ingredients of May wine is Woodruff, sweet Woodruff flowers and leaves. And um, it has no flowers on it. So I, I can't see how I'm going to steep May wine in that time. Like, and I've got a feeling the flowers don't come out until like much later. I, I do have a recipe for May wine as well. And I um, I might pop that on the Cheese Witch Coven as well. So if you are interested in making some May wine, in foraging for some sweet woodruff, then I go over to the Cheese Witch Coven and I'll pop that over on there to make your own woodruff flavoured wine with me. In the meantime, get on your hobby horse, dance around the maypole, and I will see you over by my Maybush. And there we have it. May the... Uh, 
No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna make a Star Wars pun. It's not that kind of podcast. If you would like to continue on the conversation, you can do so over at SOTW with Rowan on Instagram and Facebook, where I post photos less regularly than I used to. Sorry, I do apologize for that. And if you want to amp up the volume, then turn the dial up with me and join me over on Facebook Live this Sunday for our Cheese Witch Coven meetup. Wondering what that cheese coven meetup entails? Well, I've told you already. It's witchy chat. Exactly that. Bring your favourite cheese or snack. Delve into this week's witchy topic, which is... What are you up to for Beltane? Get the party started with me. So, as I mentioned, it is 8.30 BST, British Summertime, every second Sunday, which is this Sunday, Sunday the 25th. The group's private. Join the private group. Can't wait to see you there. How exciting. Before we go, we do have another review. I need sound effects now, like a drum roll. And this is oh, this is and um, this is from Witch Mood in the Nude. Oh, I think it, yeah, it's like nude N O O D. Nice. Send foods, not nudes. I say I'm cool with your skyclad fantasy though, so don't worry. Be you know, live your best self. Uh, right, Witch Mood in the Nude says super awesome witchy podcast. I love having a laugh and listening to the solid good banter in these episodes. Can you have banter with yourself? Can you self-banter? I totally self-banter. Um, sorry, particularly love the Sabbath specials. Can't wait for the next one. Well, thank you, my witchy friend. And I hope this has satiated your appetite. Uh, until our next one together, which is a midsummer cue the Ari Aster suspense on that one. If you, um, I was going to say if you want sticking around for the bonus spell, but we're not having a bonus spell because I'm quite aware that this has been a long episode. I'm trying to be a, a bit strict on myself because I do have a habit of waffling. So if you are interested in that recipe for some May wine, hop over to the Cheese Witch Coven. And until then, you've been listening to Season of the Witch with Rowan Oaken, the Bob Ross of Hocus Pocus. Don't forget to stay witchy, bitchy, sassy, and classy. That's the Cheese Witch Coven join us on Sunday. There we go. That's the uh, that's the theme tune for Cheese Witch Coven. <laughs> I put this on the end because hopefully no one listened to that.